Welcome to the 358th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on October 15th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's loving the nightlife, Carlos Rodella. Oh, because we're recording in the evening. That's right. We used to record early in the morning, or at least early for me, and now we have switched to evening recording. And I have my evening voice on. You Do you? I mean, can you notice? Listen, this is this sounds a little more, you know. It sounds to me like you're wearing a smoking jacket and you're lounging in a high back chair. I happen to be. Oh, so, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Okay, excellent. And I just got the jacket. I like it a lot. I have a, a new uh, pipe, uh, you know, cigar pipe, and I, I smoke that, and... Uh, Welcome to Late Night with Carlos and Brad. <laughs> Welcome to Late Night. Oh, man. All right, folks. We got a big show. Tons of stuff to talk about. We better get right to it because I feel like we're going to be pushing the limits with this one. Uh, housekeeping. Let's do it. Starting things off. Everybody knows. Most people know. Everybody? Not fair to say everybody, but I think most people know. Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. His side, my side, things are a mess, and we're going to tidy up right here and right now. It's housekeeping. Carlos, uh, only like one thing on my side, uh, but it's kind of a medium-sized box. What's on your side of the room this week? A bunch of small boxes, but the first thing is it's uh, getting close to Halloween. Mm-hmm. A uh, very uh, favorite time, I think, for both of us. Yeah, I love Halloween. And we like watching the horror movies, the scary stuff. Oh, been doing it. Been doing it. Been doing it, too. Also, um, yeah, we'll talk about some of them at the end of the show. And I am starting to play some scary games. Uh, I think, I'm not sure we're going to get on a code or not, but even if we don't, I'm going to play the new Slenderman game. Working on it. Okay. Working on it. Either way, I'm playing that because I got to try it out and it looks, the graphics look really good. Hmm. Um, And yeah, I'm just playing a bunch of scary things and watching scary things. So in that vein, uh, on Halloween, October 31st, Uh Silent Hill Ascension's coming out. Now, do you know about this? I've heard... Nothing, uh, bits and pieces. I haven't really been following it that closely, to be perfectly honest with you. Fill me I, in. I reported it on this podcast and told you, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I did. Because remember Silent Hill had that whole like uh, showcase or whatever? Do you remember yes. that? Anyways, I covered all yes. that. So it, what I said in that is what I'm saying now. It's Ascension is a game slash show. It's basically like something people are going to watch. And there's going to have new episodes. And what happens is on October 31st, it starts. And you can install it right now on your phone or, like, I think it's on computer, both of them. And you will – everybody will make choices as they watch it or at the end of it. I'm not sure when. And then whatever the decision is, like, the you know, what's the majority, that will affect what the epi- the next one is. Oh, that sounds just like streamer mode on on video games. Kind of, or like remember the uh, the what's the Black Mirror episode, uh, Banner Snatch. Oh, I didn't I didn't uh, play slash watch that yet, but I know. Yeah, about it. I feel like it's that vibe, but it's okay. got. I'm pretty sure it's like all video game graphics. It's not like an actual, you know, no actors or live anything. action. Yeah, yeah. What's crazy is a. I'm gonna of course I'm gonna in, in, interact with it. it's Halloween. That seems fun, but two. Uh, I said a and two, a and, and b two. and two. Is that they're gonna go supposedly the series for six months, with every day a new drop of like no. a show? Yeah, yep. I six don't. Months. 
that's that's an inc- doing anything every day is an incredible grind. So I mean, so what this says to me is the episodes are going to be really short. They probably already have all of them mapped out, and they're just going to like let the players go through the the, the decision slash narrative tree and see how it. I mean, I, this seems just like streamer mode, I guess. I mean, I definitely think they probably have everything done. I mean, like, like, like if you watched graphics. Until Dawn, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you had people streaming, watching it, and you made choices and stuff. I think it it's a like. very long Until Dawn. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's a Silent Hill universe, and I like a lot of that stuff. So I don't know. I'm just still in, and no one's ever tried that. So why not? I don't know. The six it's months seems a long time. It's interesting. I'll give them that. So I guess, I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, Konami was traditionally the people behind that. Who are they still? Are they like the license owners? Who's doing development who's running this like who are the actual people doing it um i will go to the website now uh, it's just ascension.com by the way they don't give us any money for saying that you should just check it out i like it um and it says konami's in the bottom line bad robot games and that's the people bad robot is bad, that the people the guys behind um the tv shows and stuff yeah tv shows and uh was is that lost? joss whedon's thing no no, the guy who did, I think it lost, right? Yeah, lost. Uh, I forget. I, I, okay. Genvid, it's called Genvid Entertainment, mixed okay. with Konami, mixed with Bad Robot. So interesting. There you okay. Go. Well, we'll see what happens. That's definitely something new, I guess. Yeah, but why wouldn't you check it out on Halloween? It's Halloween. That yeah. seems cool. We like there games. There you go. There you go. I'm convinced. I'm trying to convince you to check it out on Halloween right I now. I will not try. You no, any, not. anything like that where like I need to be someplace on a sketch. I mean, can you just tune in anytime? I think anytime. It's just that day. Maybe if I tune in any time. It'd be nice because then we could both say we did it on the show. You'll have to remind me because I've already forgotten. <laughs> wow, I can't. Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah. that's that's, a bit, that's against Silent Hill. It's not against you. I know, I know. Um, just now before the show started, I was looking at my PlayStation and it gave me an error. And, um, and it was for cloud storage. And I just played a game, which we'll talk about in a little bit, like some cheap little game on PlayStation. And even though it was just like, you know, 5K upload for a save file. It's like, nope, you can't do it. Go delete shit. So Yo, you're full already? Is that why it came here? Yeah. Oh. So I don't think, have you ever had that happen to you? Um, I want to say yes one time, but okay. I have not been using PlayStation Cloud Storage for quite some time. I think, I mean, it just automatically does for, like it backs up stuff, I think, because I don't like choose that. I don't know. I mean, I think there are settings, and also I just mostly do Xbox these days, so I'm just naturally just not oh. really on the PlayStation, right? That's interesting. I, by the way, I keep going for all our listeners. I keep opening up my you know home screen on my Xbox, so yeah, it's not like I'm not trying. But most of the games <laughs> are on both systems, sure, right? Sure. And I like, I still like the PlayStation Five controller better. I don't know if Xbox has come out with one that. I mean, to be perfectly frank, I like the PlayStation controller better as well. So I'm with yeah. you on that one. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, and my better headphones. It's it's so s- simple, actually. My better headphones are my PlayStation. Sure. Once, so, you're, once you're invested in one side or the other, it's just easy to keep staying in that lane, right? Because right, I've but, got most of my purchases on Xbox. And my whole family's on Xbox. Whenever we do multiplayer or whenever I'm playing with the wife or something, we've got the whole family coordinated on that. It's way cheaper to buy an X and two S's than it was to buy three PlayStations. Oh, like I could even yeah. get them back then. I could have barely even get one back then. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, but now just saying it out loud though, I think I need to buy those cause they released a really good Xbox uh, wireless headphones. Uh, I just couldn't afford them at the time. So now I can't, so I might get those. Okay. Go. Anyways, I brought that up because it, it seemed weird. I was like, I have to go delete shit. So I just deleted tons of, uh, upload storage. Oh, I bet you had tons of stuff you were yeah. never going to come back to. Never going to come back to. Although a bunch of games that like, you know, you, uh, you go down memory lane with. 
Oh yeah. Here's a good way to do that. And the one that came to mind, which was 200 megabytes of storage was days gone. Days gone. And I what saw a game. it and I was like, I what can't delete it. I can't delete that storage. No way you can't delete that, dude. That's like, no, landmark, landmark stuff, man. By the way, that's a funny tangent. We won't go down right now, but keeping your storage for like prosperity's sake or something like <laughs> this yes. means something to me. It's storage. looking back. I mean, it kind of does think about all the times we did an entire show on days gone, talked about it multiple times. And like, I mean, that's still one of my all time favorite open world games of all time. So, yeah. I, you know, Maybe I'll replay it sometime, but still, like, that save, dude. I did, like, everything in that game. I'm not going to oh, delete that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same, same, same. Yeah. Uh, two more boxes. I'll do one, then you do one. Or do you uh, have two boxes? Let, my, let me go first. Let okay. me go last. I mean, last. Yeah. You're going to go last. I'll yeah, do I'll go two last. boxes quickly. One, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I'm still playing off and on. I still like it. I stand by what I said last episode. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What happened? No, there's no buts. This is a funny thing. Okay. Um, so I'm still playing it here and there. It's just that it is just Assassin's Creed, you know, and like I I hadn't played it for a while, so I, you know, kind of the initial thing was like, ooh, I do like playing this, these types of games. But it, it can like wear on you. It's like there's so many missions, right? So it, Yeah, they, they, it's it's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot. So I jump back in just to kind of mess around, and <laughs> this is awesome. I cannot wait to make it. I might make the video tonight, but you know I make the videos on oh, yeah. Glitch to oh, the yeah. Ground uh, on TikTok. And so I wasn't tr- looking for a video to make but this is just what happens in my life. I play games and weird things happen. So I decided to just try see if I could, you know, m- muck about and make some chaos, right? As you do. I was bored, you know, of the main missions. And so I just started attacking animals and stuff. These are not things I'm proud of, but I do. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the game or what? In the yes? game. Yeah, okay, in the yeah. game. Okay, just clarifying. Attacking donkeys, making them run fast. One donkey I hit too many times and he got his head stuck in the wall and died and it felt really weird and bad. But that wasn't the weirdest thing. Uh, and you won't like this. But I did attack a chicken. No. I know. Not in real life. And um, just to see, I don't know, what's possible in games or something. And you might be proud of this moment. That chicken decided to attack me back. Nice. And then I looked down at that chicken, and that chicken had armor. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. That that video is called Chicken Armor. Like it was wearing armor? Or it just had, had like an armor an stat? armor uh, stat above it. Oh my god! That's and I was so like, funny. "How do you have armor?" And so then it just kept hitting me while I was sitting there, like gawking at it, looking at its bar. It had an armor bar. Oh my god! And I had to hit it many times before it died, which of course I did. It's funny you say that, dude, because I actually also have uh, an Assassin's Creed chicken story from this. Really? Week. Yes, yes. Because I'm watching Weird. my wife play. I think you're going to say your one of your chickens actually has armor. No, although sense. actually there is the one that does for real. Hmm. One of my ch- okay, tangent, tangent, tangent. Uh, one of my chickens, I don't know what happened, but she is like the most hated chicken out of the whole flock. Every other chicken pecks on her. Oh. I mean, you've heard the phrase pecking order, right? Yeah. She is the absolute fucking bottom of the pecking order, and she's been taking a beating. And chickens are actually really mean to each other um, sometimes. They're very, very, you know, you do not get out of line. It's very clear to see who's the boss chicken and who's not. And so what happened to this poor little chicken is that all the other chickens started um, plucking out her feathers. Oh my uh, goodness, do this is a sad story. It's kind of a sad story. It's Her chicken's name is Mochi, and she is like the bottom of the barrel. She is not above anybody. And so all the other chickens will boss her around. They'll push her away from the food. And they, they plucked her so bad that her back had a big giant bald spot on it, and the back of her neck too. And so I was like, oh, fuck. Like, she's, you know, winter's coming. It's going to get really cold. And so you can buy 
these little pieces of chicken armor that oh go on your chicken goodness, to protect them from other me. chickens. It's for real. Holy shit. And so the fact sh- that I randomly picked up that story. <laughs> Wait, no, I've got two I've got two chicken the, stories. This podcast is called Chicken Armor, by the chicken way. Chicken Armor. So I put the armor on her, and at first she was freaking out because she's like, oh, shit, I've got armor on. But she's been wearing it for like a week and a half. And I'm just going to leave it on her to give her a chance to grow those chicken feathers back because she needs to. You can't have a bald chicken in wintertime. She's going to freeze and die, dude. So oh my hopefully goodness. it's going to protect her from the other chickens. Before um, we go on your other tangent then, yeah. A, can't you just like kick the shit out of some of those other chickens and be like, hey, stop it? Nah, that don't work. It doesn't the, work. They'll like when you come into the yard, they know that you're the top dog. And so like they will get out of your way and stuff. But like the second you leave, oh, they right. go right back to doing the same shit. That you they can't were doing. watch them all the time. Nah. And even if you did, that's just how chickens are. That's just literally their their whole makeup. Their whole being is like one is on top and everybody else is on the bottom. And then there's a whole ladder in between. And that's just that's just chicken society, man. You, that's, you can't change chicken it. Chicken society is also a good name. There is a monstrous tangent that I will not go on, but I have to mention. Mm-hmm. that I despise the fact of what you just said is true. That there are certain <laughs> things on this planet that just are. They hate are. It. Hate it. Don't agree. Don't agree. We can agree to disagree, <laughs> but like the idea of how nature happens and how certain animals attack other animals and what is it called? Circle of life bullshit. Yeah. I don't agree with any of it, which is, I don't think I've ever said on this podcast, but it's bullshit and it doesn't have to be that way. I mean... And we can... Not much to Leave be done about that. I mean, no. Mother Nature's kind of got a pretty good stranglehold nope. on that She's whole thing. She, so. It's not. It's a tangent. Well, okay. So what was chicken story tangent? number two. Chicken story number two. More close to what you were saying, because my wife is playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? And so she's being Cassandra, and she's running through Greece doing shit. And she was chasing this, uh, I don't know, one of her targets. Her target ran through a, a busy marketplace, and the wife accidentally uh, hit one of the villagers. Just, you know, she was swinging her swords around and she yep, didn't it hit happens. him. But yeah, it happens. So what happened was she aggroed the entire town. And so she's like, oh, shit. She's like every shopkeeper, every, you know, housewife or whatever. Everybody came running to fight her. And then all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck is that? And there's like one of the chickens from one of the chicken yards came, <laughs> swooped in to attack her. And awesome. it was right when she, she went into slow-mo. And so the chicken completely looked like it was from the fucking Matrix with his wings out and his claws out. And it was going for Cassandra's face. And I was like, holy shit, dude. This yeah. chicken's about to rip your ass up. It was so funny, dude. Dude, I want that clip so bad. Oh, man. It was really funny. It was really funny. That is, by the way, so I guess there's like a thing where like Assassin's Creed put in puts in like chicken aggro. Dude, that chicken was 100% aggro. Absolutely. This is the first one I think I've seen with armor bar above it, though. Oh, that's man. pretty that is, that is That's going a step even further than aggro. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I have one more thing, which is also kind of a Is this about chickens as well? Tangent. It's not. Oh, okay. But you wrote down chicken armor, right? I did write chicken gotta armor. got to be the name. Yes. Of yes. Um, yeah, see, I can hear my late night voice. I can hear it. I, I just I hear feel the like... smoking jacket ruffling around. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hot. Um, here's the thing. This is a tangent I won't go on. I'm basically, I'm doing in housekeeping five tangents I won't take, but I'm mentioning them for later. So we actually are doing them, but go I ahead. I guess we're going, or I guess we're doing them. <laughs> but Next Fest is happening. Seam? Yes. Yes. There's always a fucking There's fest. There's always a theme. fest. They just go from fest to fest to fest. It's back yes. to back. It's the human centipede of fests. Yes, it is. But they're digital c- centipede. <laughs> digital centipede of steam fest so i did one game on it and i just looked at it and downloaded it and haven't played it yet but i will it's called retro wave world retro mm-hmm. wave world and it looks cool because it's just like 80s and you know all that's like um 90s slash 80s uh was it neon you know oh yeah cars yeah, are driving aesthetic. Sure. aesthetic whatever 
So it seems like you drive a car in that way, do drifting, and it's like 80s music, 90s music, and then you get out and go into an arcade, and you actually play arcade games, and like that's the game. No, just like real life. Just like real life, but not you know in the past. So I was like, that seems cool. And then I hit what is the tangent? Um, my eyes glazed over. I saw a million games I could play. You know, eight million demos right? in this virtual arcade. No, no, no. Now I'm jumping back to next. Oh, list. you're going back to the Steam demo. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. And I go, okay, I finished looking at that. Check, that's cool. And then I saw like 8 million RPGs. And I'm an RPG person. I'm like, oh, you I can are. Play all that. You are. And then I saw Open World and I was like, oh, that looks really cool too. Blah, blah, blah. And then I realized what is the tangent is I wrote down the Steam thing. I um, might be joining you and I might be done with PC games. Really? What, uh, what made you say that? Well, one, the, the uh, and this is another reason why, you know, indie games have it so hard is because there is so much, right? Oh, Just the like competition. Apple. So yeah. crazy. Yeah. And it's nuts. And there's like homepage placement bullshit. And then it's you're just paralyzed by decision you know there's just too much yeah like what do i do how do i yeah. even you know navigate this and i want to play but there's so many and then the other part of that the steam thing number two is that this is my work computer you know oh yeah, yeah i yeah. live on this fucking thing i mean you gotta get away from that thing yeah if i had a steam deck maybe but like i can't do it i don't know if i can do it we have two games we're going to play on my computer for next week but then I got to take a break. I don't, I can't do it, dude. Yeah. I'm no, with you I, I kind of you. in a way. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, that's kind of, this, I mean, I have like 19 different reasons why I'm not on PC, but I'm on my PC a lot for work. And when I'm playing game, the few times that I do play game, I feel that like, uh, this is a game and it should be fun. But what I feel like is I'm kind of at work still and I need yeah. to just like separate out from that. I think I, I'm getting that. Yeah. And, and plus like discoverability is crazy. The few times I try to find anything, if I'm not going specifically for like one game that i already know what it's called it's just I, I drown in that store dude there's just so much stuff yeah and on top of that early access i don't have time to like play something that's not finished and then come back to it and then see if it's updated and it's just like man i just i'm just not that guy so i feel you i feel you it's weird i was like i mean i've always been you know pc person but um yeah anyways i just want to get away from my desk so if games are on xbox or playstation i want to buy those xbox headphones but that's where i want to play you know so yeah, well, here we are. All right, what do you right. got? Cyberpunk, little game, oh, little yes. known indie game, little small title called Cyberpunk 2077 2.0. I think it's down to 2.1 now. Yeah, they had uh, another piece. And the Phantom Liberty, is that what it's called? That's not right. Phantom Liberty? That is correct. Is that what it's called? I forget. So I've been playing Cyberpunk, dude. I know that you love this game. You, we've talked about it on the show a million times, and I waited like the full year and a half or two years or whatever it was yeah. until they released 2.0. I'm glad I waited because I've had a very positive experience so far. Um, I've been spending a lot of my time in Dogtown. Uh, and in Dogtown, that is the DLC area that has Idris Elba as the main person that you're talking to for the main thread. And I remember you saying that you did not like him in this game. I wanted to follow up and ask you why, why that was. Oh, cool. I'm glad you did. Secondly, I uh, still voted for you not to do the DLC yet. Uh, you did. I'll, I'll tell you why, and it's okay, you're already doing it. But for anybody else listening, I think especially the ending of that DLC uh -huh. is a culmination of a lot of the main story. Yeah. So that's why I think playing it early, you can play it early, but I don't know if you should finish it until you get closer to the ending of the game. That's just my opinion. Because it I feels mean, like it's a culmination. That's probably true. Um, the reason I started playing it, number one, was because I knew that you could get the sixth 
skill tree. Oh, right. The tree. Yeah, that's right. And I wanted to see what that was about. So I did that as well. And also, Dogtown is a much smaller area. So, like, here's my here's how I'm playing Cyberpunk. And I'll tell you about Idris in a minute, but go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm playing, like, I'm going to do all of the main missions, of course. I'm going to do all of the side missions. Um, I've done all the Cyber Psycho stuff. Uh, and I'm going to do all of the gigs. And there's a lot in this game. Like, I'm already up to, like, 45 or 50 hours at least at least 50 hours and i've still got like plenty to do Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i feel like i'm kind of drowning a little bit i know this game is not as big as witcher 3 but it's still like a pretty sizable game and so i'm like let me go to dogtown i feel like this is like a chunk where it's almost sectioned off from the rest of, of night city where i'm like okay i can go through this i will get that sense of like completion and i can just check that off and i'll feel like i did something and then i can go back to the overwhelming number of missions that are in night city proper now i have i have seen the error of my ways and i do think that you were correct in recommending that i play it later um i think it's okay to dip in and get the skill tree active yeah i think Um, so that that makes sense but one thing i didn't realize and i didn't know is that some of those quests that are in dogtown none of the major ones so far but some of the minor quests and the quests here are actually all really good i will say i feel like the gigs in this area are much better than the gigs in the main night city oh yeah because the ones in night city were made when the game came out right yeah just like simple little things to do yes they they spent all their time working on that dogtown so yeah it's very fleshed out i feel like the gigs are a step up from the gigs in night city so i really was enjoying doing those but i noticed that some of the gigs um, I didn't find this out until afterwards, but some of them have options that are not available until after you have already progressed a certain amount in the main campaign. So, for example, uh, this is not much of a spoiler, but like there's this one there's this one guy who needs help. And I'm going to be real vague about this. He needs help and you go to help him. And then there's two choices, A and B. But if you had progressed the story a certain amount and met this other person that I haven't met yet, there would be an option C. Oh, right, right. So I didn't realize that until I started looking up like I was like, man, I feel like that should have ended better. I wonder what I did wrong. And then it's like, oh, you should pick option C. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even have option C because I haven't progressed far enough on the other part of the game to meet that person. So that person wasn't my option C like it could have been. So I was like, okay, that sucks, but whatever. It was my choice to come here. I get it. That's totally fine. Yeah, but not to mention also an additional thing is that's why you should go back and Wait, did you didn't finish the DLC? Did you? No, I'm actually okay. So, okay no, I'm. I'm I think well, I feel like I'm getting close, but keep talking. What I'm saying is that if you're just doing the regular game and the main campaign, well, there's a bunch of reasons. One, there's kind of spoilers, kind of in the DLC. I think. Okay. Um, because it's again, it's just understanding what happens in that main story is important. And then secondly, you'll get skill checks that you wouldn't have because you're just not higher level. Like I am the highest level there is. There's no higher. Like I don't. Now they just expanded it, but I'm like, what level are you at right now? What what's the max? 50? I mean, I'm at level fifty right now, and I've got two skill trees maxed out. Yeah, they're fifty. What they they add, they mush, pushed it up to like fifty five or sixty or something. I don't know. Whatever the highest one is. Okay. Okay. The point is, is yeah, like certain skill checks you can do. You know what I mean? And, and if you can't do those in missions, that might change the way you play the mission. Very true. Very true. But mo- most importantly, they even give you like a different relic thing, which you know about, right? Because that's how you get that new skill tree. Yes. And that means you're not even finished with the first relic thing. No, I'm not. Yeah, so it, it fucks it up because, like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, it's You're weird. only supposed to have one thing in your head fucking you up and then get the end of that story because if you don't, now you got two. Well, that's the weird thing is because I haven't finished the first Relic story. And I apologize, people listening, because this is – we're probably just, like, talking a bunch of nonsense. There's no spoiler. Cyberpunk. No, no, yeah, this, this, is is this is not spoilers. This is not spoilers. But I'm just thinking hopefully it might be boring if they haven't played Cyberpunk. It's but, not boring. 
But uh, <laughs> says the guy who put 200 hours into Cyberpunk. It's imperative, though. I mean, I'm telling you, if anybody's so, listening. So what yeah. I was going to say was when I started the Dogtown, they did not give me another relic. They just they dovetailed onto the relic I already had. It's, it was seamless. Like it made it perfect sense. Right. Um, I didn't notice any issues at all. Like I, I wasn't confused. And in fact, it's been kind of interesting going through um, the way that I did. Uh, but now that I see how all the pieces are put together, I, I do think you should probably play it later on. Um, but but um, gosh, you know, I know but, you're going to say something else. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Anyway, but I will say um, I have progressed pretty far in the side story here. And one thing that I've been really 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 it's funny and i hate to be that guy but every time i'm playing cyberpunk you know what i'm actually thinking about hmm. starfield oh no the comparisons <laughs> i can't tough. stop comparing the two dude because everybody was so like starfield is so great i love starfield oh, bethesda bethesda and i'm like okay yeah that was a functioning piece of software but like when you look at some of the shit that's in the dlc for cyberpunk yeah i'm like dude it's like so much better than like anything that's in starfield like for example i was gonna say did you get to that part where you dance with a girl at the jukebox no it's not a spoiler it's like there's a there's a thing but that's those are kind of moments like these quiet moments they do in the dlc are better than like almost anything i played in starfield but i mean i don't know i don't know what that i don't know what that moment is you'll see that that. moment i haven't done that a minor spoiler but when I'm in, I'm in the Dogtown DLC, and you go to a a big party. Uh, you know, you, you I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, you go to this big party, and it's oh, just. Oh, I like, need to be able to talk about that. Go ahead. Okay, so you go to this party, and like just the whole premise of the thing is so much more advanced, is so much more nuanced and real, and. I'm going, I'm playing this party, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, you go to this party, it's a big party, and I'm just going through, and I'm like, this is exactly what I would do at a real party, like, I'm just like, walking around, I'm talking to people, I'm taking the ambiance, things are happening, like, stuff's going on in the background, you see somebody you know, you talk to them for a minute, you see somebody you don't know, you introduce yourself, like, the whole thing just felt so sophisticated and well done, and just everything about it, like, felt legit, mm-hmm. and going through that was so great, and then, not to spoil this or anything, but, like, there's a moment when the lights go down and then they 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 have a little concert happening and I was like, what the fuck? Like I that have was... to say, I, I want to spoil it. Minor spoiler, jump ahead two seconds. Two two minutes. It's micro such a small spoiler thing in yes. DLC. It's Grimes. It is and, Grimes, and dude. I love Grimes. And and again, it was a surprise to me too. Although, oh my god, she, yes. she um, oh, this is a minor spoiler for Brad. Right. Um, Grimes is in the game, the base game too. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know just that. Just so you know. Yeah, and, and you won't know how because I, I, I'm i a nerd for her. So, like, I, I know how. But sure. she's kind of in the base game, too. So that's why. But I did not expect that. It's a I real concert. Either, when I heard. Yeah, it is. It's a real concert. It's a it's real, a real concert. fucking thing. And she I just gives, sat down and watched it. I did, too. She played so her good. entire song. I totally stopped what I was doing. Idris Elba's in the back. Like, let's go, V. And I'm like, no, no, no. Hold on, nah, bro. Nah, we're watching this. I'm watching this. She does an entire stage show where yeah. it's like she's performing. And it's not just game graphics. It's like. She is performing in what it would look like if she was doing special effects on an actual stage because it's like lights and smoke, but then she's there and she's getting suspended and thing and she's playing her entire fucking song. Everybody in the crowd is just watching her and I'm like, holy shit, there's like an entire fucking concert in this game. And it felt like so yeah. fucking amazing. And yeah. I, as soon as I heard her talk and the, the voice comes in, I'm like, oh shit, dude, that's actually Grimes. What the hell? <laughs> nice. So fucking amazing. And on top of that, in a concert she did recently, she actually did something very similar where she was uh, levitating in the air. Uh-huh. Uh, and they had like this cool, you know, angel character behind. Yes. Her, so. Yes. Anyways, that. Yeah. Again, that's just one teeny moment. Right? It is. It's like three and a half minutes. 
But that section of Cyberpunk, I'm like, dude, this is head and shoulders above literally anything that was in Starfield and just the very attempt, the very concept of it is on an entirely different level, dude. Like, yeah. I don't see how anybody can hold up Starfield to, to Cyberpunk in any way. Yeah. Well, let me jump back to Idris then real quick, and then we can yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, so even though I just spoke, we both spoke lots of praises about it. It's yes. awesome. Um, yes. And I, I can't wait for you to to enjoy the ending of that DLC, but also I don't want you to until you get farther. But it's, a, your, it's your choice. But it is a very special ending. Okay. Um, now, remember, there's multiple endings to it, so we can sure. talk about which ending. And I won't spoil that now because I picked something very, very unique. Okay. And I know that. I'm not trying to buff myself up, but I, I picked something that I don't think anyone did, and I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> Are um, you the point zero zero one percent player? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm the guy who plays games wrong, dude. I, I picked a really weird ending. Um, okay. So Idris Elba, I don't like any character lecturing to me. <laughs> and it seems like that's what he likes to do. So I want him to tell him to fuck off most of the time. And I don't like him and I don't like his character. And I think that he's also like um, two-faced. He just feels two-faced the whole time. This is Carlos's opinion. Sure. Um, and I just don't trust him. So I don't trust him and I don't like him. And he's well, he's a great actor. And yes. he you know, acts the part well. And I'm CD Project Red's amazing. And the fact that they got his face in there perfectly and it looks awesome yeah and he's a great character but i don't like that person and i don't i don't i don't trust him at all interesting okay yeah interesting i was just kind of curious about that so all well, right. we, we can't talk about that until the end we'll talk about it later i'm gonna progress um so just quick question so i've seen the party and stuff how much is left of that quest is there is that almost the end of the dlc did you um did you meet the like two annoying people at the poker I did. table i did yeah and you did that whole mission yep and then there's the the party there's like two main huge sections like two left. chunks okay yeah okay all and right they're I, really special i know you're gonna want to do it just do it i probably want to do it because i'm kind of into it now but yeah, i know that's, I, that's you know what that's true because well, you've already started it it's hard no, to go back this is what i was going to say though the reason another reason that i progressed through dogtown is because not to spoil the thing but when you meet somebody at the very very beginning of talk of dogtown she offers you a solution to your problem that is actually what you're pursuing in the main game and i'm like oh well, if you've got the solution, well, then maybe I'll just do this instead. And then I'll finish off the game later the, you know, the, it seems like it's a valid way to go at that time in the game. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is what I need. And she's got what I need. So maybe I'll just do this mission first. You know what I mean? I can't say anything about that because yeah. everything I would say would be spoilers, but, but you know what I mean? Right? Like you can I see do. how I would get that impression, but that's why I wish people, that's why I want you to play the other game first. Okay. Anyways, we, All right. Enough we, of this. Play we'll it like you want. Welcome, Welcome to, back to cyberpunk, to uh, cyberpunk podcast. Uh, that's what this is. We're done. The show's over. Thirty Man. minutes. But that concert, dude. That was. That's got to be one of the best so moments cool. of the year, dude. It's got to be the coolest. In well, fact, I didn't write that down. That lead up was uh, that we can't talk about, where you're like, you know, being stealthy about who you are. Yes. And kind of in a disguise. That was amazing. <laughs> that was the freaking whole, amazing. Yes. The whole thing. Everything about that. The Dogtown shit is is the shit. It's so good. Like it's all so of it is good. so good. Yeah, it's so good. All right. Anyway, moving on. Cyberpunk's uh, awesome. What else do you have? Uh, that is it. That was the one thing I had because um, I knew we were going to be talking about it for a minute. Um, okay. Apologies to anybody who doesn't care about Cyberpunk, but it was just so fucking good. It is. Um, all right. Let's get to the main portion of the show. Where's my fucking notes? There they are. Okay. All right, folks. We're just getting into the main portion of the show. We got uh, we got too many games to talk about. Carlos, main portion games department here you you picked up a little 
one of those shovelware games that we've been talking about for the last few weeks on PlayStation. Over Delivery, Goods Delivery Simulator. That's Is this one I of those $5 specials? Yeah, let me check how much it was. I forgot now. Um, it wasn't, and I don't, I say shovelware, we say shovelware, but you know, people made the game, whatever. It's, it's a game, um, and it's also on Steam, I just noticed. Okay. Over Delivery. Uh, Over Delivery. I'm just going to read the, the, the description. I do okay. a terrible job anytime uh, I, I talk about games. And it's $3 on Steam. I think it was $5 on PlayStation. Uh, I'm guessing it's on Xbox as well because they're the same store. Probably. Yep. Um, it is Over Delivery is a frantic top-down goods delivery simulator. Drive against the time. Oh, already broken. Drive <laughs> against the time to deliver goods without customer complaints. Upgrade or buy new bikes to unlock new kinds of goods. Unlock new areas of the city, travel around, and explore an open environment. So it is a game where you're on a bike, and you're delivering things to people. And it's okay. like Crazy Taxi, but it's top-down. Oh, okay. So top-down Crazy Taxi. Okay. Yeah. That, that paints a good picture. And it's like simple, simple graphics, and you're a little bike. So in concept, it looks it's like a really cool idea, and I, you know, a fun little game seems to make sense. And the fact that it's like um, it showed in the trailer that you can crash and the guy can fall off his bike, and I was like, I'm all about that. Because, you know, what's it, down, downhill something that we liked? What? That bike game, downhill something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but yes. But, like, um, I just love that, those physics-y things, you know. Where, Descenders? Like, Descenders was one of them. That's one of them. There's the other one, though. You're thinking of the other one, though. Yeah. Anyways, I saw crashes, and I was like, okay, this seems fun. So I got it. The biggest problem with the game is the actual bike mechanics, which is shitty because that's the main thing. You know, you're driving around town picking up things and it just goes slow. And so your first starter bike is like crappy, but it makes the controls kind of hard to do. Mm, And that's never a good thing. It's like it should be slower, but it doesn't need to be harder to control. Right. Um, Like I got stuck on a curb and couldn't get off the curb. You know what I mean? Is it supposed to be like a janky first bike where the front wheel is bent and you've got like rusty axles or something? That'd be funnier. Um, It just is shittier. Like, its physics are bad. Okay, okay. So I don't love that. Um, I did like the fact that when you crash hard enough, you, you can do you can fly off the bike, and there's some funny moments there. But in general, yeah, you go to a place a la Crazy Taxi, pick up a coffee or pick up many coffees, and then drive them to people's you know places and drop them off. Okay. And that's kind of it. There's a time limit, and you upgrade your bike, and uh, you can pop a wheelie for some reason on every bike. Um, so I did that a lot. Is there like a campaign or is it like a roguelike? Is there anything to be shooting for? Is it kind of like a more of a score attack sort of a thing? Yeah, it's like an arcade game. You know? Okay, gotcha. I mean, what's Crazy Taxi? There's no campaign there. Yeah, you just whatever um, score, best score or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then you just, but the, I think it's the upgrading. I guess, yeah, the answer is the roguelike part is upgrading yourself because, yes, it does open new types of deliveries because you can deliver more now. Oh, know, so you do have things. some progression there. Yeah, I guess that is a progression. I okay. didn't get far enough. I just have... The, like the two bikes or something but the, the the world looks nice enough you know and like it's simple graphics but it's like a lot of neon and it feels like a little town and um yeah i mean it's okay the real yeah. question the real question is did you get five dollars worth out of it i think not yet because of that first bike i think i just unlocked the second bike or whatever so like i want to fuck around with it a little more um i think i will you know as long as the next bike is better and the developers can hear this. So like, I just think that you shouldn't have made the de- handling as weird as it was. It just feels like it's a little, it's just harder to turn, you know? Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so I don't know why I did that. But 
uh, what I really wanted to bring it to show for is because what does Carlos do in video games? Um, he causes chaos. Sure. There's cars. That means there could be what? Pretty easily. If I if I did something, what could I cause? I mean, some kind of traffic accident yeah. causing physical harm. Well, traffic jam is what I do in every okay. game. Remember? There you go. I've even done traffic jams in Assassin's Creed and have footage to show. Did I ever show you that? I don't think so. Was I created like, like, a, was like horse carts. Yes, it was horse carts jammed up. That's funny. I can do it to, in any game. I can do it. So anyways, I caused absolute chaos in this game. And you're like, how could he do that? It's like a five dollar game. It's an arcade game. No, no, no. I ran a bunch of people over. Okay. With my bike, which by the way, I just had to tap them and they went down. So there was a, just an intersection with like 15 dead bodies and all the cars were backed up and police showed up. Uh, and they couldn't get through. So, you know, I did that. So you made your own fun, basically. I made my own fun. That does um, not sound like you got $5 out of it. Wait, that sounds like $5 to me. Uh, we have different versions of fun. We definitely do. That's why I'm fighting chickens with chicken armor, and you <laughs> would have never found that chicken. <laughs> That's very true. I it's would true. have never found that chicken. That is yeah. absolutely true. So anyways, I think it's a fun time. I think they would have switched the bike thing. It would have been better. But I'm still doing missions on it, and I think, you know, I'll just keep farting around with it. I think $5 is definitely worth the price of a mission. All right, there you go. Over delivery, goods delivery simulator. It's fun. It wasn't like, you know, I, I'm mad at it, like international basketball. Okay. Ugh, That's that fair. That's fair. All right, let me talk for a minute about a game called Dreamers. Uh, I got some PR for this one. The publisher sent me a code, so thank you very much for that, folks. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, <clears throat> excuse me, to be honest with you. Uh, the thing that caught my attention was the graphics. It's like really, really low poly graphics. Excuse me for a moment. My, Need some water? A little, yeah, a little frog in my throat there. Sorry, folks. By um, the way, can we ask the question, who came up with frog in the throat? They had an actual frog there? There must have been a story where someone had a frog, possibly a toad, in their throat. And Holy shit. I'm sure that, it, you know, just like computer bugs. Why do we call it a bug? Because there was a giant fucking moth in a computer one time. So Is that real, too? That is a real-ass story. There was a giant moth in the computer. That was causing the problem. They're like, oh, we got a fucking bug in the computer. Literal bug, an actual insect. That's where we get bugs from because there was a giant moth one time. Oh, my goodness. Okay, go on. Um, so the pleasantly low poly graphics, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool looking. Um, and it was some kind of a open world kind of puzzly RPG. And I'm like, okay, this seems really kind of different and weird. Kind of reminded me a little bit of like the the Wild West days of the PlayStation 2 when you never quite knew what you were going to get. And, and any game could be anything, right? So I was like, oh, this is, has kind of a weird vibe. Um, so I started playing it, and I think what it actually is is kind of a um, very straightforward kind of open world game that seems pretty aimed at children and families, which is totally fine. Not my normal jam, but I think those things need to exist, and I'm glad that they do, and I think that this is what it's about. Um, you start off as a kid on an island, and you get this letter. It's from your grandma, and you want to go meet her, and so you have to like go on this little quest to find out how to locate your grandma and how to hook up with her um, in a non-weird way. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what we're talking about, people. 
Um, and so basically, like, you just leave your house and you just wander this little island. And there's, like, no map and there's no direction. You just kind of just head out of your house and just whatever you find is what you find. And that's kind of where it started to lose me because... Um, I'm not really up for those like wander around and screw around games. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe if I was like 12 or something and I'm like, oh, and I haven't played a lot of these, I think I would find it much more interesting where I would be curious about what I would find in the world and and, and all this stuff. The other part about this game that I think is, is cool, though, is that these developers are apparently going for a very nonviolent approach. I don't think there's any combat in this game whatsoever. Uh, and I don't think you can die. There's no health bar or anything like that. So I think that's really positive. Um, you just kind of wander around the island. Um, you talk to people they ask you like oh i need three planks to fix my ship or this other guy is like oh i need this help with this other thing and you kind of like kind of just wander around and find the thing that they need and bring it back to them and you kind of advance the story a little bit um it's pretty laid back it's pretty easy going the graphics are pretty nice um but for me i think it's not my jam um I, it's a little bit directionless uh a little bit too just kind of Hey, we're in a cool island. Just dig the experience sort of a thing, which, you know, some people really will really like. Right. You know, yeah. it's not my jam. So not for me. Um, but I think if you've got uh, a kid or you want to do some family game time, I think this would be a good one to play for that. So not my particular jam, but I think it probably fills a niche that I am not looking to fill myself at the moment. But I think that niche certainly exists so yeah that is dreamers yes and real quick i did see the demo for a while ago and it yeah it's just like second life almost in a way where it's like you just go do things yeah kind of just kind of I, exist in that world yeah and, you kind of just do that thing apparently you cycle through three different characters i think uh, okay. um, i didn't get that far because i just you know it just it just wasn't my jam but um i bet i bet a family would have a pretty good time like maybe like you know a parent sitting with a child or something or a young a young person who doesn't want to play first person shooters or something might like this. So I would also go. I would also suggest that people who like like a Harvest Moon or Terraria type thing too. Because yeah. no, you're not doing like crops, but it seems like there's puzzles and you kind of just yeah fart around it. If you want something really, you got to stop saying fart around because I hate that phrase. Oh, sorry. You got to pick something else, buddy. Okay. Um, you want to muck about? I said muck sure, already. Totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Totally fine. But yeah, you want if you want something super chill. Super laid back, violence-free, stress-free. This is your jam. Okay. And then when we're saying that, I just remembered, No Place Like Home, I was going to play it. We never did. Did you ever play it? No Place Like Home? It I came out. Know. It's a, okay, it's just basically like um, you go and do garden stuff. So again, like a Harvest Moon and Terraria, whatever. Mm, okay. Um, but it's third person. And then you're also cleaning up the environment and like oh, recycling okay. and stuff. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I do remember that one. I never got to play it. I, I, I looked at it. And it seemed like a pretty kind of cool, laid back kind of thing, but I just didn't uh, didn't get around to yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't so. either. I, just, I thought of it. All um, right, all right. And moving on. Before we move on, even though I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm doing so many tangents this episode. But frog in your throat uh, comes from the fact that a horse person sounds like a frog. A, and there's a myth that origin uh, that the phrase originates. Nope, originates. There you go. From a medieval belief that frog secretions could cure sore throats. Gross, dude. What the but fuck? But this also, that, that, that's not true, though. It doesn't do No. That. Do not put frog juice in your throat. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. All right. But it's okay, not so, a frog in someone's throat. Okay. Interesting, interesting. But there was frogs involved, though. There were frogs so. involved, yeah. Okay. That was Dreamers. Thank you very much. Carlos, Dino Break. Um, I don't know anything about this other than the word dino is in the title. Uh, fill us in, sir. This would be quick. Uh, dino Crisis. <laughs> 
Remember that game? <laughs> I love Dino Crisis. Yes, Regina yeah. from Dino Crisis is fucking amazing. Cool. Well, this is like a spiritual successor to that, and it's like made now, but like it's old school. Which oh, you the retro I, PlayStation style? Yeah, which okay. you and I kind of like have a hate-love relationship with, I think. Yeah, don't care for it. Um, and so it has the option to do tank controls if you want, which of course oh, I Oh, really? Didn't. The old school Resident Evil tank controls? Yep. Oh, or wow. more modern ones, which is essentially tank controls plus because you can move around freely third person, but it's like a little slow. You know what I mean? Like, gotcha. it's not 100%. Anyways, of course, I picked that modern control. But everything else is old school. So, like, this is a spiritual successor, meaning, like, you know, very quick jump in. You're a woman who has to fight a bunch of dinosaurs, and that's, like, the game. And so immediately you're, like, in some, you know, broken down city, and you get the idea that dinosaurs are everywhere and their eggs are everywhere, and you've got to go find resources. And so it feels so much like... Resident Evil, like one. You know, I was just going to say for people that are not as old as we are and maybe don't know what Dino Crisis is because right. Capcom has not done anything with it. Uh, it was basically old school PlayStation Resident Evil. But instead of Chris and Jill, you got Regina, who was amazing. And then instead of zombies, you got dinosaurs. But basically the exact same. Find some keys or fuses. You run yep. around with the tank controls, the set camera angles, shoot dinosaurs instead of zombies. I mean, it was dope, dude. I had a great time with it. Uh, and I'm really surprised that Capcom hasn't done anything with it in many, many years. I know, and that means these this these this whole company picked it up and said yeah. we're going to do it. You know, yeah, because it's, you can't like uh, put a copyright on the idea of fighting dinosaurs. No, if, you, you can't copyright that. Um, so they literally did it. Yeah, like just feels like Resident Evil: Dino Crisis, but new. Um, now, is that a thing I can play for very long? Not really. You know, because we talked about this before. Like I, it's hard for me to go back. It just feels too old school. Yeah, old controls, old ideas. You know how much I hate, and I don't use that word lightly, um, like horse head keys and stuff like that. Yeah, same, same. So there's like weird statues immediately. You know, like the first, you go into the first environment, there's like weird statue, and the key is like not a normal size key. It's like the size of like, a, you know, a book or something. Oh, like, why yeah. does the key have to be big? That doesn't make any sense. And there was immediately inventory problems where like, Oh, classic God. Resident Evil, like I don't have enough space for no. anything. So there's a lot of like that mechanical crap that bothered me, but I did like the aesthetics they built and like running around and shooting dinosaurs. Like that was kind of fun. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know what to feel about it. It was cheap. Um, I think it was worth whatever they were charging. It's got some real camp in it, like ridiculously over the top, you know, on purpose, funny sure, dialogue. Sure. So I like that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the only reason I stopped was because guess what? I what? got to a code I didn't know. What do you mean? Like you needed like a code for a puzzle? Yeah, it was in one of the fucking things I didn't read. Oh, uh, whatever, dude. Them you know, eight million notes, and I was uh, like, no, no, just make it about the dinosaurs. No you know what I mean? notes. Yeah. So, so here's we should talk about this for just like a second. I know that people are like on this retro kick all of a sudden. Like I'm getting a lot of emails about. Oh, hey, we're releasing a new game and it looks just like it's Genesis or hey, we're releasing game. Do you miss the old N64 days? No, I sure fucking don't. <laughs> no, neither of um, us do. But like if you want to do that retro stuff, like I think that's OK. And, and other people can feel what they want to feel. That's totally fun. But for me, I might put up with the old ass graphics, but you must have like the amenities that like like pay homage to modern times. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want. The fucking inventory limits. I don't want the 94 chest-shaped keys. I don't want 
uh, to read 85 fucking million fucking post-it notes all around your fucking environment. Like if you, if you like those graphics, cool. But like, does anybody really miss that old ass gameplay that we have evolved long yeah, like, past? Who were they making that for? I don't understand, dude. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And so here's a yes. And like, Oh, you're going to hate this. It, it uses ink to save. Right. Oh God. Isn't like you got to find the same find items. The ink and the typewriter. Yeah. Uh, hate that. Um, the key didn't just work when I opened the door and I had the key. I had to pick the key. You know what I mean? Like old oh, school right. point and click adventure. Right, right, like, right. No, 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 no. Just open the fucking door. And then on top of that, and that's, now I'm piling on, it's just like, um, yeah, not, not being able to like store extra things, even though I find all these healing plants, I can't keep any of them, right? So to your point, I think those graphics, fighting dinosaurs, being a woman with a machine gun, all great. Give me modern controls. Okay, like true modern controls. Yes, yes. Like a third person, I'm running, jumping, doing a dodge roll. Are you fucking kidding me? PlayStation graphics and a dodge roll? I'm in. But because I'm walking around kind of in a tank control way, even you know with modern controls, that makes it frustrating. And then the codes, like you said. I don't want codes. I want to shoot dinosaurs. Yeah, I, I just, having lived through that period... I have literally no desire to go back to those things because we got rid of them for a reason. And if you like that vibe, that style, I mean, you know, I can, I can get down with some retro graphics once in a while, but man, I just, those things are not fun. If they were fun, we would still do them. And we got rid of most of that shit because it's just not fun. So yeah. I'm just not down. I, I understand. I mean, I'm the yeah. same way. I do like the graphics and I like the campiness. So it, it's something interesting. I just wish it had different modernness to it. Yeah. All right. All dino right. break. Dino, dino break. break. Sounds like it's dino broken. Oh, oh. shots fired. Okay. Uh, let me talk for a second about whatever land. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So. Wait, uh, is, is that the, is that the <laughs> that, final that review? Of, that kind of is the final review. A little bit. A little bit. Um, whatever land uh, was sent a code for this one as well. So thank you to the publishers for that. This is a point and click adventure. And what got me interested in this one was the graphics. Very Tim Burton-esque type graphics. Um, pretty stylized. And I was like, oh, this got kind of a nice look to it. Kind of interested about this. And I wasn't quite sure if it was like the old school point and click that's really kludgy and, and tedious. Or is it the new school point and click where they kind of want to keep pushing you forward and things are not really too... There's not too much friction, right? And I feel like it's neither of those things. It kind of does like its own thing. Although it is um, probably closer to the older school than it is the new school. Uh, basically, the story is you're a thief. Uh, you go to steal something, and the thing belongs to like like a witch or something, or like a sorceress or something. She catches you. She sends you into her own private like hell dimension, which is kind of looks like a junkyard basically. And she's like, "Stay there forever, fuck you." And so you're there, and there's other people that she has sent there too. Basically, um, I'm taking a lot of shortcuts in the story here, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, so you just meet these other folks, and you got to figure out how to get out of there. Um, there's a lot of talk. And I feel like a lot of talk, like almost too much talk for me. Um, I know that that is kind of bread and butter for a lot of point and click games, but I definitely like the new school more than the old school where they kind of just like keep it rolling, keep it rolling, keep it rolling. And this one, there's there's a little bit too much talking for me. I will say music in this game is fucking incredible. Uh, I really like the music. I don't know what kind of music it is. It's probably from a different culture. And I'm like, wow, this music is like really notable, really excellent. I could have just listened to the music for like, an hour. I thought it was really great. Hmm. Um, but the, the key hook to this game is that there's kind of a good way, a good path and a bad path. Because you are a thief, 
you can do like thief solutions to some of the puzzles or you can do the good solutions to some of the puzzles and it takes a little while to figure this out and i will say a big issue with this game is terrible tutorials uh really really rotten tutorials where i was just very straight up confused about what was going on for a while um and for, so i had to look up a couple of faqs and once i was like oh okay got it got it got it it's like, it's like in the first level i'm looking up faqs right um so what how they how they do this is so for example in the first level there's a guy who's like i need you to get me this doodad and you can either go through the puzzle where it's like oh i gotta get this gotta get item a give that to person b he gives me item c then i take this back to get item d and then i trade it for the thing and then i go back and you know like typical typical point and click gameplay mm -hmm. or you can just try to like you can lie and say oh i got the thing but it's over here and do this other thing or you can just like steal some stuff sometimes and you come with a lockpick kit and i'm like okay interesting okay this is kind of cool give you fuck all tutorials about it dude and it is not intuitive in oh, the no. least i got to the very first i'm like i'm like i'm not gonna finish this game because i can already tell it's not my vibe but i wanted to see the thief um the thief solutions because i think having these kind of like diverse choices in a point and click is really cool um i have played a couple other point and clicks where you can do like a totally different way of solving the puzzles. And I really appreciate that. Um, I really like that a lot. So I'm like, let me try the thief, the thief route, bust out my, my, uh, my, my lock picks. And I go to the very first lock in the game. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing, dude. I got so stuck. I had to look up a video on YouTube and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like once I knew what was going on, at least I got closer, but this game really needs a tutorial. If I'm supposed to be like a master thief, I should know how to use these tools. Yeah. He should be like, oh, I should probably use this tool now. Oh, I should probably yeah, do this. Yeah, I'm a this. thief. Yeah, you know how to do it. Like, you're, of course you know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not a thief. You are. Tell me what to do, bro. Um, so I got stuck really quickly um, on this game. And I just, I got really frustrated. And I'm like, if I'm this frustrated this early, I, I don't have much to look forward to for the rest of the game. So... There was like okay. no off-screen indicators for where you could go. Um, it just it just seemed really kind of rough, also. So I just cool idea, but like you need to like help people out a little bit more. I'm not one of those people who's gonna like dig in and spend hours on the first puzzle to figure it out. I just that's just not me. So yeah, if there's anyway. not a good tutorial, you're out. You're like so uh, yeah. out. It's ridiculous. I mean that thing about the the lockpick was just over the top. Like you absolutely should have given a tutorial for that. Nothing about that is familiar or intuitive. Maybe if I was a professional thief, I could have figured it out, but I'm not. And like, I'm like a tool that looks like a stick with a cube on it. I don't even know what this does. What about this? Uh, no clue. No clue yeah. at all. Anyway, I didn't get too far. I felt like it was the wrong vibe, and I bounced. So that is. Whatever land didn't have a great experience on that. Whatever, one. but the yeah. like, graphics do look cool. I do, I do and like the music it. is so great, dude. The music yeah. is amazing. So, all right, uh, Carlos, over to you. Cry Machina, you played a demo. This is coming from Nipponichi or NIS, and I know literally nothing about it. Yeah, so they made uh, Cry Start, and you never played that. We talked about it before the show. Did not play that. Didn't even know it existed. Um, so it, there's a, a family of games, a style. Uh, which is not an RPG, but it's quite like an action game where there's also leveling up, which sounds like an RPG. But as you know, uh, there's a tons of these types of games where it's like zones. Like you go and fight tons of monsters in a zone, then you go back to a hub world, and then you rinse, repeat. That's kind of like this style of game. Um, now, Crystar had a, a bunch of other things going for it. Like I think what their um, vibe is, is like 
life and death and uh, you know huge topics like thrown into an action game uh-huh. um, and so I won't say anything much about Chrysler because it's like all a spoiler really but Crime Machina which is a demo out right now uh, for the full game which I don't know when it comes out is uh, a, the story really got me because um, again TMI most people know I'm dealing with some health crap and it will not go away and I'm super sad about it um, and in this game it actually starts with the girl that you play. Um, she's like in bed in a hospital. Um, and I guess in this world, like a disease happened and, you know, wiped out a bunch of people. And then there was a war and all this other stuff. Anyways, she dies and she wakes up in this future, like very far future. And she's like a projection slash robot thing. And she's like, what the hell's going on? And then she has to fight a bunch of monsters because reasons. Uh, and then it, it, the game is again, the actual combat is super fun. So third person actiony real time, real time, run around devil may cry style, you know, like just kick ass and you have missiles too. So like L one and R one are missiles, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Millions of combos, whatever. And it's just a fun game to play. But the idea is really interesting because she basically is like a consciousness that got woken up. Uh, so like she's mostly human still. But tons of people, pretty much the majority of like uh, entities in this future are robotic or AI. Um, so she's one of the few humans. And if she gets enough XP, which is like literally EXP, but it means, yeah. you know, it's experience points by fighting things, then she can like show people that she's the human and she could like rule the world or something. I don't know. But I really like the concept of like jumping far into the future because I'm like so mad at my body right now that when that game happened, I was like, oh, take me there. <laughs> take take yes. me to that place where I'm a robot person. It um, reminds me of like Soma a little bit almost, like yeah. the horror element to it. Yeah. So it's a very specific thing to Carlos at this moment, but I don't know anybody else who's like having a hard time in life. It's just that, that lo- you lose yourself to be like, now I'm taking part in this process, which is in the future, you know. Anyways, the whole story plays out like, you go to hub hub area, you meet all these other women who are also, it's all women, by the way, are also like kind of half um, real and not, I don't know. And you just open up like dialogue trees and upgrades. So the hub area is where you like learn about the story and upgrade your character. And then you jump into the zones and kick motherfucking ass. Um, so that's the game. And I like the premise. So I'm still playing it. I'll finish the demo. And when the game comes out, I probably will buy it because... I don't know. It does everything kind of right. Like it's super fun to play and it's a really interesting concept. Um, the only difference is, I guess, if you don't like those kind of games where you go to a zone and then it's over, you know? Yeah. Which I don't think you do. Not my usual yeah. jam. No, no. But interesting idea, right? Like that's a super unique. Yeah. I would be interested. Bit. The story is pretty cool. I will say up front, I am kind of biased already against it because I just don't like the, uh, the visuals. It's like pretty anime styled and I'm just it's like, anime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not super into that, but the story does sound pretty cool. And you know, I do, I do enjoy one of these games once in a while, but, uh, my, my schedule is so packed right now. I don't see any room for me to even give this one a shot. So, well, it's almost like, um, and I don't want to say this because I loved, and it's not like I don't like this game, but Valkyrie Elysium, you know, I love to death. Yeah, you love that one. I remember that. Um, that had an open-ish world where, like, it still did feel like zones. You know, it was still like there was like there was ground and a castle and a town, but you couldn't go past it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it feels like that to me. It's kind of like there's an an itch that I like, uh, or scratch. 
itch scratched. Yeah. An itch that you like scratched? Yeah. And it's that thing, which is like, go kick fucking ass, usually as a woman warrior person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super fun. And then if you have cybernetics, that's even cooler. And then, you know, upgrade yourself. Uh, that's like a perfect formula for me. Uh, there's no dodge roll, but there is a dodge. Uh, so I like it a lot. Cry Machina. It's a demo's free. Go check it out if you like the words that I said. Oh, sounds like uh, I see something in your future. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy it. I think All I right. really am. Yeah. Right on. Well, actually, um, hit me an email and I'll see if I can get it for you for the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I already <clears throat> think, because good job of them doing the demo, that you know they, they hooked me there. So Sold you. Sold yeah. you. Sale. All right, cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. The frog is just The frog is in your throat. Still in my throat. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to talk for a minute about Kingdom 80s. Uh, oh, the, I knew you would play that. I yeah, saw it in the store yeah. and I was like, he has to. Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of sort of my thing. Um, this is so it's Kingdom 80s colon Summer of Greed, I believe is the full title. This is a spinoff of Kingdom Two Crowns. Did you ever play that? Carlos? Yeah, and we talked about it in the show, but it's okay. We don't. I don't, dude. I don't. We I both don't even did. remember if I played it, man. No, we both even. did, and we liked it. The side-scrolling, like yes. uh, medieval stuff. But uh, is this the same developer? Same. It's all okay. same. Same. Yeah. Thing. So basically, um, this is exactly the exact same formula as Kingdom Two Crowns. And if you haven't played that one, um, it, it won. I know it was pretty popular for a while. It got a lot of play. Uh, you are. It's like a two D flat plane where you play a person uh in in two crowns you're on like a horse and you had other animals you could ride but in this one in kingdom 80s you're on a bike and it takes place in the 80s you go to a summer camp and you can ride your bike left and right on the screen uh there's like cabins and then these little um little nodes all throughout the land and what you do is you have to collect currency uh and then you fill in the nodes by buying those nodes with currency and then it activates different things and basically you expand your territory starting in the center working to the left working to the right and then you unlock different things like you'll unlock a cabin with uh, other kids that you can recruit you will um, find other teammates that can join you so you're not on your own Uh, you will unlock like a fishing uh, a fishing hut and some kid will go fish there and whatever fish he gets will be turned into currency for you there's like a berry picking station where some other little kid that you hire will go pick berries for you and when you ride by him on your bike, he will give you the money that he's earned from berries. Um, so you end up riding your bike back and forth, back and forth, fortifying your little your camp, your summer camp, and uh, expanding your territory until you get to the thing that lets you move on to like the next zone. In the first area, you need to find a canoe that these weird monsters have taken away. And it, it has a very Stranger Things vibe to it where things are kind of creepy. You see monsters here and there, but it seems like mostly like the regular world. But then you go inside a portal once you get your territory far enough. And then it's like you're in like the upside down where there's like monsters all over the place. And you got to like bring your friends in to help battle. Uh, You fight them off, get the canoe back, and then it opens it up to go to like the next zone or whatever. Um, So it's a pretty cool idea. Pretty cool idea. I will say that this game is basically exactly the same as Kingdom Two Crowns. So if you like that formula, you probably will like it here. But it also has some of the same problems. Um, So one of the biggest problems about the Kingdom series is just getting back and forth left and right. Mm. It takes so long to go back and forth left and right. And I feel like um, 80s is even a more compact experience, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But just like it's just boring riding back and forth left and right. I wish you could like go a lot faster. I wish you could fly or anything like I just it's just it feels really dull 
going back left and then you need to go to the right for something you like bike right all the way back right and then collect money you come all the way back left it's kind yeah. of a drag. it's kind of a drag i don't like that very much i will also say um this game is not very readable they waste way too much space on uh, on the the screen real estate so for example like like half the screen is a river that's at the bottom of the screen and it just shows like a reflection of the sky you can't do anything with it you don't go in the water it's like so much of your screen is taken up by this water that could be used instead to make your characters bigger like the characters are really small on the switch and even when i uh, put it up on the the dock and i put it on my big ass tv still really small they're only really using about a third of the screen because the upper half the upper third of the screen is like mountains in the background it's just sky i'm like dude there's nothing there use the fucking screen make these things bigger the kids that you recruit to help you are tiny it's not very readable it's hard to tell and it has kind of the same issues again as as main kingdom because you recruit these kids and it's they don't tell you anything like i'm like how many kids do i have how many kids are builders how many kids are hunters how many kids do i have picking berries i want to know this information and there's no real way to know and so it's kind of hard to know where to spend your money and your money is kind of limited you kind of go in fits and starts where like you'll be starving for cash for like a long time then you get like a whole bunch of money and then you're like well wait how do i spend it wisely like what i I want to know more about my my kingdom and it's just there's nothing at a glance like you can't really just look at it and know which seems like really basic information that they should put in there i don't know why they don't want you to know that can i can Um, i interject and say i think it's because weirdly enough i think it's that similar thing with like dino crisis or dino break where it's like they made that kingdom game kind of old school in that way. It's like a simulation game, right? In a way that or, or research a little building. bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's like in those old PC days. That just that's what it felt like to me because we played those games. I played games that are similar to that in the '90s, you know, and '80s even, oh, sure. where you just did things and there was no fucking menus that told you how you were doing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So in my mind, it might be that. It might be the developers are like psyched on that style. But that style again is retro for a reason. Like, yeah, you should probably have the amenities and UI that explains that stuff. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't mean to be like I don't want to be like down on it because I think it's it's got some cool vibes, but like it just feels very much like a reskin of Kingdom, where they. I, I will say, oh, to be fair, I feel like the biggest innovation of of Kingdom '80s is that they give you partners, which is cool. Um, so you can unlock other kids who are hanging out. Like, there's this one guy who's like a jock one girl who's like a tinkerer i think there's more people but i didn't find the last person um i think they must be like in a later level um but they ride their bike with you so you have like again like a stranger things like your crew of kids on a bike and when you're going through the levels like those kids will like do like a a skid into the enemies and kill the enemies or one of the guys the jock guy will push a dumpster in front of you it's kind of like a shield if you want him to do that and so it protects you from enemy attacks so like having the um the kids along with you is pretty cool actually but that's really the only difference in the entire formula Mm. otherwise it feels like i'm just playing kingdom two crowns again um which is good and bad because i thought it was cool but also there's like all these other problems like the lack of information the really boring ass going left and right the wasted um, real estate on the screen where the graphics could be a lot bigger more detailed and it said they're really small um so I feel like it's interesting, and if you if you like Stranger Things, definitely check it out. If you've never played a Kingdom game, definitely check it out. But if you have played Kingdom Two Crowns and you're kind of like been there, done that, I don't think the one really brings a lot to the table, other than the theme of the '80s, which is you know, granted, pretty cool. 
But I just kind of found myself getting tired of the same issues that I had with Kingdom Two Crowns. It's almost like just looking at the art in the store. I, it sounds like I could have said what you just said. You know? Yeah. It pretty... looks like a reskin uh, yeah. with the '80s. And if, again, if you've never played it, the original, then this might just be a good experience for you. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if you if you didn't spend twenty hours on Kingdom like I did, you probably would have a much different experience, and you probably would like like it a lot more. But all I can see are the same pain points that I had before. And yeah. I wish I was just wishing it would be different. You know, like for example, at one point, this is not much of a spoiler, but you can change your bikes in Kingdom. You can unlock these bikes. And one of the bikes I unlocked had E.T. in the front basket. Right. Oh, so I'm yeah. like, I'm like, cool. I'm like, oh, can I can I fly now? And I'm like, oh, no, it's just a it's just a it's look. just a skin. If, yeah. if I could have flown with E.T., that would have like possible game changer, dude. If I could get back left and right faster, even just that little thing might have been enough that to make sense. me in, you know? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I think it's cool, but I've already spent a lot of time with Kingdom and it just feels too similar and I don't feel like it's enough of a step forward. Got feels it. again, not insultingly, but like kind of like a reskin. So got it. All right. Uh, Kingdom 80s Summer of Greed. Moving on to Honkai Star Rail, which we talked about for the first time last show. You're bringing it back, circling back, uh, going back to the train station. What's up with Honkai Star Rail, Carlos? Oh, man, I'm so addicted. Are um, you? Yeah, utterly addicted. Did, what was I? What was I thinking about it last time? I forgot. You liked it. You liked it. You were just getting started. Um, you were, you were saying it was pretty favorable. It had kind of callbacks to um, what's that other game that they do? I forget what it's called. Well, Genshin. Genshin Impact. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you were you were up on it. You liked it. To remind everybody, it's uh, from the HoYoVerse, MiHoYo, but um, it's not Genshin in the way that it, it, it is in the way that it's third person. You walk around a world, it's same art style, but then when you go to combat, it's not the same at all. It's turn based. Uh, which is crazy because I just wasn't expecting that the first time I played it. But now, because you can do that thing where you speed it up a bit, right, if you want. Um, speed up the combat? Speed up combat, yeah. Okay. That's in certain RPGs, the turn-based ones. For sure. Um, and so I have that just turned on all the time. And then, yeah, like it's just so addictive to just because you know all the combos you want to do. You, you have these ultimates you can do. Um, it just It just feels good. Like... They're like masters at that. And Genshin's the same way. Like if you play that for enough time, you just feel good. Like the dopamine rush is good. And now, again, these are monetized games. They want people to spend money at some point, which I have not yet. Um, and I don't, I did spend a little on Genshin, but not too much. But, you know, a lot of that is for a reason. Like they want you to be invested and get dopamine hits so that you stay, right? But what is really interesting that I didn't know the first time I talked about it well, one, there is a train because that's the first thing you asked me. Um, yeah, so what's what going does the train on? Have to do with train exactly. in space? Yeah, exactly. Funnily enough, I don't know how long the campaign is. I'm really far in it. But um, you got stuck. You got on the train. We took off and we got stuck. And so now we're just on one planet. So we're not like planet hopping. So there's you no like Starfield. Repair the train or something? Yeah, I can't tell you why. It's a spoiler. Okay, that's fine. But, anyways, we're, we're on this ice planet and um, that's where the like the bulk of the story has been. Uh, and I'm, ge I'm getting to like a final, I think final boss. But um, what's interesting is that's the train thing. So no, we're not really flying around a train. We're on a planet. But the other thing is it's, I don't know if it's because it's the monetization they want to hook you in uh, story-wise or whatever, but it's way more wholesome than I thought. Like really in what sense? There's so many missions that are like life lessons about morality and like being good. And I was like, 
is, what what game am I playing? I'm confused. Interesting. What's I wonder why they are doing that. That's why I, I'm like, are they doing this because they want me to get fully invested, so then I'll spend money or something? But I don't think I'm going to look for any more like ulterior motives anymore because I'm having a fucking fun time. But like so many side missions, you know, in these games they have daily quests. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the daily quest that I'm doing, this is so crazy, dude. Is me and this one guy who has these theories about quantum physics. He wants to prove to these scientists who aren't listening to him that he knows about time tunneling and all this other shit. So my mission every day has been to go down to these scientists, give them his thesis paper. They would quiz me, actual quizzes like, you know, you have a uh, a log going down a river at whatever speed, like, you know, those kind of questions. Oh, my God. If the log leaves the train station at 9 That's or 2 a.m. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But not okay. – they were actually more modern than that. And anyways – um, so I, I got them right. Sometimes I didn't get them right. I had to ask him and I went back. But so then that was my daily mission. And so the end of that mission mission, like I, it has an overarching, you know, ending was after like four days of doing it. Like he got his paper submitted, you know, like that was the side mission. I was like, what's ha- What is this game? Okay. Um, okay. And now that was an interesting side mission, but the whole story in general is we're here to help these people. We're learning about, an underworld, there's an overworld and an underworld. An underworld is, of course, like in many movies, shows, games, is like the underdeveloped. They got all the shit, you know, they're not, uh, they're trying to get resources. They're, is it like a poor, like a poor, socioeconomic yeah, kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, okay. exactly. And the above ground is better. All the you rich know, people, fancy. sure. Yeah. But it's a misunderstanding, you know, and it's like you're, real, you're finding out the real story. So that was already something I wasn't ready to do. And then everybody down there has like their own little like wholesomeness to them like uh like yeah like they're delving out life lessons all over the place like you know if he did just that he, he didn't mean to steal it he did it for this reason and his dad did just die i'm like holy shit what is this game um and then in between i'm fighting monsters and robots you know uh which is super fun to play so that's i think yeah i think their genius is that it's not just like I said earlier, like a zone game where you just go and fight zones. Yeah. It's like you want to really help these people. It feels like an RPG in that way. But then some of it's like just world building. And it's like you could just like, again, be in this world for a while. And like go I guess talk me, to people. Let me ask you a question because yeah. like I hear you doing this uh, and I get, I get what you're saying. But like it's, uh, so to me, it's like, do you do you give a shit? Like, do you care about these characters? Is it? Is it just that kind of like when I play a lot of these, um, right? I don't play many these days, but like right before I kind of quit them, I just got really tired of the same old kind of like really trite, tropey, help the villagers. And like, you know, you help them and stuff, but it's not like it really means anything or it's not significant writing, right? Like it's not like Witcher 3 type side quests or something like that, where it's just like, oh, a person needs a potion and you get a potion and then you move on. So is it that kind of thing where you're just kind of doing stuff for people and none of it really sinks in and hooks you it's just kind of these basic busy work quests or do you actually like care about people do you care about the towns you're meeting like what like give me give me a vibe on that i it's hard i'm very confused if i do because like certain things i don't care at all and i'm like well i guess we'll go do that thing i don't want to do it which again is an rpg but like the overarching idea is i want to free the people like these underworld people like i want them i want it's bullshit right like the people on top need to be taken down and so yes i do want to see the end of the story which by the way i've heard this game is just more than one planet so like you know what i mean i'm taking down this story oh i would imagine and then it's a perfect planet. 
structure. I mean, all they got to do is get the train to go to another planet. They can yes. add DLC yeah. forever to it, right? Yeah. So I think on part uh, the answer, is I do care. The other part is I still think they're they're pulling one over on me. You know, like they're trying to keep me here so that I don't leave their game. Um, I don't know. I shouldn't think that they have an ulterior motive, but they do charge me for, well, they, they want to charge me for stuff. So, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's the whole premise, right? Because, uh, you know, free to play games aren't free. Those people have families, they have jobs, they have bills, they need to make money. And if they are not successful at getting you to pay them, they go out of business, right? So of course they want you to stay. Of course they want you to pony up for the new character or whatever. I mean, that's just, that's just the, that's just the deal. You know that going into it. But yeah. for me, it's all about is it worth my time? Is it worth my investment? So, for example, like, you know, I play Marvel Puzzle Quest, which is actually celebrating its 10-year anniversary this month, dude. Wow. 10 years yeah. of Marvel Puzzle Quest. Uh, it's basically a dinosaur in the mobile field. But, like, when I when I give it, like, five bucks or something for, like, a, you know, a thousand points or whatever, I'm like, in my head, I'm doing the calculation. How much do I play this game? How much do I like this game? If I pay this $5, I kind of see it as keeping these guys in business because I like this game so much. I want them to keep the game alive and therefore that to me is a good return on investment but you know to you do you feel like do you feel like you're having a subpar experience if you don't put money in no or not at okay. all okay no, no, good no, no, no good i played i mean i'm i might be at the boss of the first world or something i don't know no way no yeah and okay. i think the answer is this it's in the mechanics i think because like i could tell you right now how the turn base happens right so i have these ultimates that that just kind of turn on and I could do them out of order. You know, like turn-based is usually turn-based. Mm -hmm. But when you get an ultimate, you can do them whenever you get them. And that already is fun as shit, right? Because that makes you feel like you're not just locked in. Um, does that make sense? Like doing an ultimate whenever you, when it's charged. Sure. Um, so it goes out of order. Anyways, just that simple act is cool because you get the cutscene or whatever. And then yeah, the characters I like, like I have this um, girl, she's uh, heavy metal, like, guitarist person and so every time she does her ultimate she just plays guitar and destroys everybody with it and she's like you could rock with me if you want um that's always a fun thing and then the overworld stuff you can always do things like you find chests all the time you hit things and break them open you find monsters and any monster you find you see and you can hit them and if you hit them that means you get the advantage in the fight yeah so like, it's endlessly yeah. fun to do that like find gotcha. a monster and hit him behind you know the back so that loop is, I just want to do it all night. Like they So that combat must be satisfying enough to keep you playing regardless of the other stuff then. It really is. And there's like defense and shields and stuff. And, and, and I feel like I'm, I've played these games before, so I know how to upgrade in an, uh, what kind of game we want to call this? MMORPG kind of in a way. But like, um, like you have to go in and actively go into some deep menus to upgrade yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. I know how to do that from experience of these games. So that's, it's not super intuitive, but they do a lot of really good tutorials and I'm like maxed out for my, for my, where I'm at now. So to answer your question, if you do it right, you don't spend money. Cause I'm like fucking strong, you know? Um, but then it's still challenging. It's like, it's not every fight is a walk in the park. You still got to think about it. Um, I just think they built a great loop and I wanted to bring to the show that I just didn't expect it to be so weirdly wholesome like so many stories are like about life lessons, about class and class structure and society, you know, um, super deep. It gets super deep. Um, it's weird. All right. So I love Honkai it. Star Rail is uh, preaching to the crowd. They're teaching morality and they yeah. want your five bucks. So and they want go. some money. And I, at some point we'll probably give it to them. But All not right. yet. 
All right, fair enough, fair enough. But it sounds like you are having a pretty good time with it. So I'm going to play it as soon as we're done with this podcast. <laughs> that's a win. All right, cool. Honkai Star Rail, you're on PS5? I'm on PS5. It's on like everything. Oh, and it's cross save with PC. It's cross save, but I don't know if it is because I forgot to tell you that. I what? went and so excited, and that night it got on PS5. I downloaded it, and I couldn't get get my save on it. Oh, you couldn't? You couldn't mm. activate the cross save? No, I couldn't. And I don't know. I didn't even look. What I did because I was so excited is I just replayed that section on PlayStation. Well, it must be okay um, if you were willing to go and replay all that stuff. I was. It wasn't super long, but um, yeah. So I just have a new save. So we'd have to check that out. I don't know why it didn't work. All right, all right. We shall investigate. <laughs> Uh, all right, last game of the show coming up here is one that I played on the Switch. It's called Terra Alia or Alia. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. A-L-I-A. Uh, this is a super big surprise to me. Uh, I got a random PR email. They sent me a code, so thank you to the publishers for that. How do you spell uh, it? Terra, T-E-R-R-A, second word, A-L-I-A. I believe it's on Steam. I'd be surprised oh, if it okay. wasn't. Um, I got this the pitch and they're like okay this is like an RPG that teaches you real world language and I'm like oh snap edutainment mm. what's up so basically uh, it is a isometric RPG where you can choose a male or female character and then you uh, there's like a backstory about you know one world and the other world and magic and blah, 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 okay, whatever, whatever basically it doesn't matter basically you're a magic user and you are trying to do some various quests. I'm going to just skip over the story part. It's not really the key selling part here. But basically what happens is when you are in this world, you start off and you just like click on things. Like you're in a you're in a castle. And so you move your character around in the isometric way. And you go up to like a desk. And it's, oh, okay, wait, wait. I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Sorry. I apologize, everybody. Before you even start the game, oh. this was the cool part. Before you even start the game, you open up the menu. And it's like... What language can you speak fluently? you got to choose one. There's like 10 or 12. Um, they give you all the, the flags of the different countries. And full disclosure, I didn't know what half the flags were because I'm a stupid American. So I'm like, okay, wait, i got to Google the flags. I don't know. There was no American flag. I had to pick the English flag because I figured that was the closest to English. So they're like, what language do you know? And I'm like, English. And then they're like, what language do you want to learn? And there's like 11 to choose from. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude. There was like, I didn't even know the flags. So I chose Spanish because that's one that I'm actually interested in learning in real life. And then they're like, okay, cool. We're going to teach you Spanish. And then you start the game. That's the first thing. That was fucking really cool and really impressive because there was like a lot of fucking languages there. Uh, and then you start the game. When you're walking around and you go up to an item, it'll, it'll say that word in the language that you want to learn. And so you like click it to like add it to your vocabulary. And your magic power is directly tied to how many words you know of the foreign language. So it's edutainment for sure, but there actually are like legit RPG elements here. Um, when you go into battle, like you'll fight like a robot, a guard robot or some angry person or something like that. It goes to like a turn-based, um, you know, kind of a fairly traditional JRPG style battle. You're on the left, they're on the right. And you have like skill trees, you have like attack spells, defensive spells. You've got a little robot bird that comes with you. He can shoot lasers and stuff. And you play it out just like a regular RPG-ass battle. So you need to have armor and upgrade your magic wand and upgrade your clothes. But then when you get done with the battle, in order to recharge your magic power, you have to go to a little uh, language station and you have to like practice your vocab. And every time you practice vocab, you get your MP back. And so I'm like, it gives you like this kind of in-world reason to like keep, uh, keep doing that. And the more words you know, the more MP you have and the stronger you get. So there's like another gameplay reason to keep exploring the language. 
as you go to talk to people in the world, there's like these little side quests that you can do. And they're like language challenges will come up. Like some guy will will ask you, um, oh, do you like cats or dogs? And it'll be in like the target language of like Spanish, right? And so they give you little clues. You can figure it out. They'd give you like practice drills before you do that. You can go to any of the little language stations and practice your vocab if you forget. And they also give you pictures too, which I think is awesome because I'm a pretty visual person sometimes. And so if I forget what the name of a desk is, you can scroll through your vocab and I'm like, oh, there's the desk. Oh, okay. That's what it is. I forget. It's this thing. And so they've got a lot of really, really, really awesome um, approaches towards getting this language to you. Uh, So you've got the visuals of the item. You've got the, the reinforcement of the gameplay. You've got an actual like RPG world. Now it's pretty small scale. I mean, it's not like open world. This is not Skyrim or anything like that. But like, I feel like for an edutainment title, it's pretty amazing, pretty kick ass. I think it's actually fun to just play it. And it's a huge bonus that I feel like I've already learned several words um, in Spanish that I'm like that I can actually use in my vocabulary. I um, I live in a place in Seattle where there's tons of native uh, Spanish speakers around me. And I like to be able to, you know, show respect to these cultures and, and talk to them in their languages and stuff. And so I already feel like my vocab, my, my vocab has improved. I'll be able to have more of a conversation when I go talk to the person at the taco truck or when I go down to the farmer's market or something, I can uh, already have little sentences and stuff. I think it's fucking, yeah, that's it's cool. awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. It's cool. Uh, yeah, it's definitely education. I mean, it's you're not going to come to this for your, your RPG fix or anything, but if you come to it with the idea of, I want to learn a language, but I need to do it in a fun way, it kicks ass. I think it's really, really good. I, I'm doing a little bit every night and I do feel like I'm learning. Maybe that's a bad thing for some people, but I think that's a good thing. I definitely feel like I'm learning, but I also feel like I'm having legitimate fun. Yeah. And it's a really good balance between gameplay and just straight up education. But I really do want to take a minute and just give kudos because there's all these systems here that really reinforce and reiterate what you've already learned. You can review stuff. You can do practice quizzes. Your bird will refresh your memory. Like you can, you know, they're not, they're not trying to trap you. Like they don't want you to get stuck and forget and they punish you for it. They want to push you forward and learn. And so like they're constantly like giving you options to reiterate that knowledge, which I think is just fucking amazing. I'm having a surprisingly good time with it. And I, I feel like it's really legit, dude. I'm learning a lot. That's so cool. I'm glad that that was the answer to this whole idea because it seems super cool. And yeah, we need more things that teach like that. Yeah, I will say um, one thing that's that's on me. Um, so I play this game uh, either in bed, as you already know, with the sound off, or I'm playing it on my TV screen with the Pro Controller, which is the most comfortable way to play. Uh, Nintendo does not have a headphone jack on the Pro Controller, which I've thought is the stupidest fucking decision ever. So I honestly don't know if there's any voice. I don't know if they oh. say the words or not. Because I just haven't been in a place where I'm listening to it. So I don't know if there is audio, if you're an audio learner or not. And I meant to check before I got on the podcast and I totally forgot. So I apologize. Uh, There may be voice. There may not be. I don't know. Um, But that said, I still think it's an amazing edutainment game. And I I just total thumbs up, dude. I love the approach. This is good, good ass shit. It's really good. Awesome. That is a win. Check it out for sure. Super win. Super win. Okay. That was Tara... Alia, I guess, A-L-I-A, playing it on the Switch, and I think it's a great fit for the Switch, other than the headphone jack thing, which is not their fault. So that's it for the show. That is it for the main content of the show. A couple things to talk about before we bounce, but this is all like non-game stuff. Uh, I do have something to talk about, Carlos, but let's get to your stuff first, man. What do you want to talk about that's not about games? Oh, first off, I'm super pumped about Super Pumped. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right, Super Pumped. Yeah, Yeah, tell me. 
Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, you know, great actor, great creator. He made all that stuff with independent artists and mm-hmm. stuff. JGL to his friends. Yes. He's super cool. Um, anyways, he plays an asshole because he plays TJ, who is uh, the creator of Uber. Okay, and the actual real world Uber company. Yes. And so basically he has to play this kind of dick, uh, you know, and he, like he says, or TJ says, um, a bunch of, you know, founders and creators and disruptors are assholes you know it's kind of turns out that way sometimes so yeah he's you know believable as this character it's i think five or six episodes i just finished it tonight before i uh, where are you watching this it's on netflix i think originally was showtime and then they bought it or something so it's on netflix right now and it's just so well done i don't want to say anything about it besides if you like those kind of this is a documentary but it's also a show um you're gonna like it right like that's that's the jam. Like you, okay. you've seen those kind of shows, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. This is interesting. I'd, I'd be curious to find out what a fucking piece of shit the guy at Uber is. So right, but it's 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 also about the people around him, right? right it's about right. the founders. It's about the money that backed the, the thing. It's about I don't want to say espionage, but you know all that kind of weird stuff that goes on in boardrooms. And but also, what are the employees feeling like? And it's so effortless and smart how they take all the real world shit that happened. This is not a like you know, fantasy world where like they're kind of taking liberties. I like would stop one of the episodes and go look at like the real world thing. And I saw it, you know, it was like, that's it. That's what happened. Um, so they were fucking kudos to them. The showrunner, the director, all of it. Like, it just feels like this is telling the story, uh, but in a very, you know, more emotional way. Cause you're with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, sometimes you go, well, in a show, like a, what Ozark or something, this is where that person would go and punch that person, you know, or this is where that person would go get their comeuppance. Uh, that doesn't happen to lots of times in this show, you know, because like they're the, sticking close to the they're real sticking world. Sticking to the thing, like someone yeah. gets like harassed at work, and I'm like, oh, here's where it's gonna go down, and then nothing happens. Just like the real world. And I was like, that's like the real world. That so sucks. man, they're so good with that. Joseph, you know, Joseph. Does anyone want me call him Joseph? Yeah, uh, Jay or whatever. He, <laughs> I'm never going to call him Jay. JGL. Um, yeah, he is so fucking good and yeah, he's so a great believable yeah, in this. Yeah, great actor. And he just like loses himself in this character. I mean, like or this person. And the very end of the thing, you know, they do show what happened to everybody. And it's fucking great. It's fucking great. I got, I'm super pumped about Super Pumped. Fucking check it out immediately. All uh, right. I think everybody would like it. Excellent. And then real quickly, I know that it goes up and down and all around where people get upset about AI right now. I'm just going to sometimes play devil's advocate, the other side of the fence. And I watch a lot of shows that talk about software that's being made with it. And I think these two are very helpful for people. Um, therapy is is super important. I just actually finally booked, finally, one of my first sessions with somebody um, who got recommended to me. That's the only reason I did it. And But there is AI with making you feel better, um, with depression, with therapy, they're making things that allow you essentially to talk to something. It's an AI, but it's not like therapists, not like uh, you're believing what a robot tells you. It's more like light and airy. Like there's some that just help you journal, right? And then you can talk about things in your journal and it's it creates the journal for you and then you do it. There's a couple I just wanna mention called anthropic.com and then mindsara.com. And they both do things like 
you go in and you can talk to this AI and get your you know frustrations and things out and it's not going to judge you and it's not a person sitting across the you know on the couch or something they're just it's maybe it's easier sometimes for people to like just talk to this um so i don't know you might have you might be totally against that idea but i just thought it was really interesting when i saw that you know now that i'm starting to go to therapy like to having other options for people i don't yeah. think it all is evil i don't i don't think ai itself is inherently evil i think like any tool that we clever monkeys have created is all about how you use it right and i feel like ai is being used for a lot of evil these days but if it helps people and if you know that it's ai and it's in a controlled situation i mean i don't see anything inherently wrong with that as long as everyone knows what's up i just think uh you know there, there's many instances where i feel like ai is inappropriate but this sounds totally fine i mean as long as it's as you know what it is and it's helping you that don't see a problem there right which is why i bring it up just like other technologies in the past people did bad things with them right um, it's just, and again, there's people behind things, people behind AI. So there's humans that made this thing and there's humans that wanted to help other people. So I just wanted to throw that as the other side of it. I don't, you know, subscribe to it when it comes to writing and, you know, art and stuff is a big, bigger question, but this is something crazy. I didn't expect to have that be an option. Like even in chat GPT right now, which is yeah. free for everybody, right? You could just talk to it for a while. Right, he'd be like, "Hey, I'm having a hard time." This guy on this YouTube video showed it. It's like I'm having a hard time with too many things at work, and blah blah. Can you can you give me some ideas on how to relax? And it does. Yeah. Right? How yeah. is that bad? Like that's fucking great. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. So, I mean, just as a quick tangent, I think that that sounds like a good use for it. Again, like I said, as long as everyone knows what's up and you're using it as a tool, I mean, I don't think that's a problem. But you know, the bad thing is like uh, just quickly to play off of what you're saying. Uh, I've been this week I was like reading some stories I was doing some research on some stuff and like literally every story that I went to go click I felt like is this written by an AI or is this written by a person because it's really badly written and it's really shallow and I feel like it's getting very difficult to tell what's being written by a real person and what's being written by an AI and I just feel like what it's doing is making me not read anything because I can never tell when I'm just getting reading some trash you know I mean there's clearly some people who I know I know they're a real person or they work with me, or you can tell when someone, an actual writer, like there's a difference to the writing, but there's a lot of stuff that's like mid-grade stuff where I would just like check in to find some facts or I would check in to get like a quick take on something. And like that area is just being so, I mean, I, I feel like it's being taken over by AI, but maybe I'm getting gaslit into thinking it is because I just yeah. can't tell what's real anymore. And that, that to me is the real negative side of AI where it's just like, we're not having any writers. All of our writing is done by AI these days. We just have an editor look it over. And like that to me is like a, an evil, improper use of AI. But that's not what you're describing here. And on top of that, I mean, you're not wrong there. Um, and I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it as much as you are. Like, like, I don't know if I've seen it, you know, which is like not right. That's the real problem is when you don't know. Right. But um, I, yeah, I guess I can, we can look at our sources because if I'm watching, most of my sources are YouTube. There's yeah. no AI happening because the person's talking in front of me. So unless they are an actual robot. Um, we'll see. Okay. So pause on that because yeah. I have, this is, this is a good question. My, okay. So my son likes Five Nights at Freddy's like any number of millions of other kids out there. Right. Uh, and this is not about Five Nights at Freddy's, but he likes one particular YouTube channel and I've watched it with him because he's like, dad, watch it with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we sit down and watch it. And the stories that he, this person it sounds like a male presenting voice. This person is never on screen. 
are they a robot? What the fuck is going on? Like they have this weird intonation. Okay. And I'm starting to think like the script and the voice is AI because we never see a person. It's just like whatever the hot news is about Five Nights at Freddy's. So you're not wrong in the fact that like children's programming, some of those weird things on YouTube is like all generated, like CG generated by a script, right? It's not yeah, actually. That's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. So that stuff happens. So yes, 100% that stuff happens. But that's why I said when I talked about YouTube is that like I follow these people that I know, you know, I actually know some of them in real life. Sure, sure. And so that's why I'm watching. And, you know, if they're using AI to help them with a the script or whatever, most of them are improving. They're just, you know, they're people. So gotcha, just yeah. like anything else, like you listen to people that you trust or whatever. So I still do that, but you're right. That other stuff does exist. Anywho, AI aside, um, before I go on my show stuff, I forgot, Look Away, which is a horror movie that seems really cool. It just got dropped on Netflix. It's interesting, game, uh, movies come out sometimes uh, from the past. So this is 2019. It looks like it was made today and the fact that like it just looks really good and it's an interesting movie idea about a, a girl who is having problems at school, looks in the mirror, sees another version of herself, kind of creepy, and that version of herself says like, let me take care of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm sold, like I'm there. Interesting. And this right? is on Netflix? It's on Netflix. It just dropped today uh, for Halloween. But it's it's like from 2019. It's like it came out a long time ago. But I never saw it, you know. Um, so cool. I think that's a smart idea, to, you know, find something that you think might work. But I'm so into that idea. Like the girl's going to have this, you know, monstrous something else take care of them, the bullies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. And you have a couple of shows. Well, since we're talking about movies, let's let's talk about movies, my friend, because we've been talking about movies, especially spooky movies for the last couple of episodes of October and stuff like that. And I've been you know, I've been listening. I've been taking notes and stuff. Uh, you've had some pretty strong recommendations lately. And then you drop a couple. You, in fact, you dropped three on me in the last uh, week or two. So I wrote them down. And this week. My wife and I have been participating in the Carlos Rodella movie marathon. Nice. That's right. Every movie we watched this week was one that you recommended, except for one. Wow. So almost all of them. Uh, and let's go through them one by one. Okay. I will say, spoilers, pretty good recommendations. Pretty good. Three for First, three. Uh, 2.5 2. for three. 2.5. Okay. Bottoms, which you recommended like a week or two ago, that movie's fantastic. Special, movie's right? It's special. Su- it's super good. It is special. We ate that shit up. It was amazing. It reminded me a little bit of like an updated Heathers, perhaps, That's or something like call. that. That's a good call. Yeah. Like if the world doesn't make sense, kind of, yes. but it does, though. Oh, my God. It was so good. We laughed and it was real. And It was, it was real, just, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Everything about it was just like the best. Bottoms is a fucking nice, great movie. So that was a win. Okay. Pure win on that one. The next one we watched, Totally Killer. That was a win, too, dude. That was a really fun movie. That's fun. Oh, my God. I really dig um, Blumhouse. You know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but when Blumhouse came out and they were doing some pretty dark shit at the beginning, I was like, ah, no, no, no. Torture porn stuff. And just kind of, you know, I like horror, but not that flavor of horror. Um, But they have really pivoted into like smart horror light, kind of funny, wink, wink. Like when they're doing the lighter stuff, they are really good like almost all of their movies i'm like i'm down with dude like yeah. I, anytime i see a blumhouse now i'm like oh okay cool we're in for something good now like, that's interesting in. they totally did pivot hard pivot dude. Yeah. i mean they probably still do some some of the more gross stuff but like a lot of their recent stuff like like megan like mathrigan or whatever oh, you, know, yeah. had, you know and this totally killer is one of theirs and they uh 
I think they did um, another one like uh, did that Happy Freaky Death Fridays. Day? Happy Death uh, Day? No, they maybe. Didn't do that. No, I don't know. But re- regardless, Blumhouse is 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 doing my vibe right now, and Totally Killer loved it. Like the Back to the Future slash uh, you know serial killer slash high school sex comedy thing was just like everything about that worked for me dude it was really fun and we really liked it like a ton it was That's really awesome. really good and i do want Very to mention good. to people who haven't seen it yet it does one of the only time travel movies ever to show the present while the people are in the past oh you know it does two things that that movies don't do number one you're correct it shows you the past and the present, which was awesome. Yeah. I thought that was very good. The other thing that I fucking loved about Totally Killer is like when the person from the future gets to the past, they tell everybody everything. They're like they they're trying to get people to listen. They're not secretive. They're not yeah. like trying to preserve the timeline. They're like, I'm from the future and here's what's gonna happen and I need you guys to listen. Like they just like outright tell people and I'm like, That's amazing. I've always wanted people to do that. Yeah. And it's great that they do it. It you know, it, it doesn't work out because nobody believes them, but still they're not playing that cutesy footsie game where they just are being very coy about things. Right? Yeah. Anyway, then we watched Chad Gets the Axe. This was the point five. Okay. So Chad Gets the Axe. It was not bad, um, but I also felt like it wasn't quite as good as it could have been. Um, I feel like if they had been a little bit tighter with it, a little bit funnier. I, it was funny, but it wasn't like that funny. Like, yeah, it was kind of I like, agree. Um, yeah, it was like... Uh, the beginning of the movie was pretty rough and they were leaning really hard into the um, Blair Witch Project shaky cam thing, which was okay, but I wish that they had kind of pulled back from that just a little bit. And, it, you know, the comments were really good. There was like some guy that was like obsessed with feet in the comments yeah. and some guys that were talking shit all the time. So like it was all right, but we didn't laugh that much. And I was like, okay, it could have been a little, little bit more, um, I don't know, just a little bit more insightful and sharp. It's definitely a commentary on modern times and I get what they were going for. Like what a fucked up world we live in where people do anything for views. And like, we always have people watching us and we're always on stream. Like I totally get it. I just didn't feel like it really like it could have gone just a little bit further. Now I will say, even though we did like it though, we did like it. Like yeah. we didn't get mad. So it was a point five. but there's another movie that's almost just like this it's called Deadstream. Have you seen that one? I haven't, but you mentioned it to me in text. I didn't see Deadstream. It, like... Yeah. It's basically the exact same thing. It's like a streamer, goes into a haunted house and he's doing the exact same thing. It's got the the text scrolling. It's got the comments. It's got everything. That movie was really, really good. Really funny. It also made some social commentary. The comments on the screen were really funny. That one like had really stitched it up nice and tight. And I feel between those two, Deadstream is definitely the better one. But Chad Gets the X was still pretty good. Like I thought it was it was all right. Yeah, it was indie in that way, right? It felt like yeah. kind of super like homegrown in a way. But I just think like there's the part where he gets and this is not a spoiler, but he gets picked up by people like Chad. Yes, is it Chad? yes, yeah. yes, yes. And that part was like unexpected, which is cool. And the ending is really cool. And the fact that again, social commentary is hard, like hardcore exactly. commentary at the very end. So I think it was worth the payoff for me. But I agree. It was like, you know, not super laugh out loud or anything. Yeah. It was worth the watch. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I wish I would laugh a little bit more. And after, especially after having seen Deadstream, which does basically the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, like, so it, it kind of paled in comparison a little bit, but still worth a watch. So overall, the Carlos Rodella movie marathon, big success. 2.5 out of three. That's pretty solid. Dude. It's pretty solid. But also, I will say this, just in my kind of defense. Bottoms and uh, Totally Killer are the ones I would think that it would be five star. 
Like, oh, I, dude, I don't those think, are great. Those I don't think Jack SCX would be anyhow. Like, I don't. I think it's a fun watch. That's all. Fully agree. Yeah. Fully agree. We are definitely on the same page. So, so kudos to you, and feel okay. free to send any more recommendations. By the way, I have one more movie to, to toss in here that you didn't recommend, but we found on our own. Um, you got us all fired up to watch horror comedies. That's my, me and my wife's like favorite genre to watch. And we were going through Shutter, and I've talked about Shutter a million times. I love Shutter. Oh, I gotta Great read you channel. my. I gotta read you my pers- uh, subscription. Yeah, Shutter is the best, dude. I fucking love, I love Shutter it. so much. Um, but there's a movie on there called Undead. Very simple. It's from Australia from 2005. And you watch the trailer, and it seems like really wacky. Did you ever see like um, Dead Alive from Peter Jackson? Yes, back in the day? Like super gross, and yes, and kind okay. of a comedy. So that's exactly the same lane that this guy is in. Uh, it's two brothers, I believe, that make this movie. It seems like it's going to be zombie apocalypse. It is not that. And you, I guarantee you have no idea what this movie is going to do. You do not know where it's going to go. I'm not going to spoil it. But it was fucking wild. It was really funny. I love the Australian sense of humor. Very similar to the Kiwi sense of humor. And it was gross, but it was funny. And it was wild left turn and surprising shit happens. And it was just really, really fun and good. If you like dead alive, if you like early Peter Jackson, if you like gross, but also big laughs, I thought it was um, definitely worth watching for sure. All right. Check that out. Check it out. That's all I got. Carlos, anything else? That's it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, re up my subscription to shutter and the last two weeks of the Halloween here, Halloween time. I'm going to go watch as many as I can. Oh dude, you'll be able to watch 24 seven shit on that. And there's so much good stuff on shutter. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this show. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. Before we close, I want to quickly ask you to leave reviews, share us on social media, and most important of all, please recommend us to a friend. Also, please send us your questions and comments. Hit me up. So video games podcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic? Oh, before we do that, I forgot. Uh, I, I think this might be really good. Is um, I think it might be a little older, but it's on Shutter. It's Sissy, and it's uh, about a girl who gets bullied I'm I'm big into that because um, I want justice for people, and then um, and I don't want to see more. But it's a it's about a girl who gets bullied. It's on I think Shutter. I, I I think we uh, we saw the trailer. I, I did not see the trailer. We're gonna watch the trailer tonight. We're going through more trailers tonight. Okay, check out the trailer. Check and then the trailer. people go to Glitch to the Ground on TikTok or YouTube. All right. As for me, I'm kind of split between Twitter and Blue Sky. Also on Instagram, it's my name B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. And by the way, I've got a couple Blue Sky invites. If anybody wants one and you're a listener of the show, I will absolutely give you a Blue Sky invite. No problem. So just hit me up if you want one. Um, And this is going to do it for episode 358. Thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games podcast. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.